In today's show, we're joined by Alex Wong, Director of Alex KY Wong Asset Management. Good morning, Alex. Hi, good morning. And by Michelle Lam, Greater China Economist, Society General, Corporate and Investment Banking. Good morning, Michelle. Good morning. Um, so over the weekend, we had Liu Xijin propose some structural revo- reforms to revive the Chinese economy. Um, could be beneficial, um, but how do we see the actual um, government properly restructuring the economy rather than just continue down the makeshift policies that we have been seeing over the past? Um, so I'll start with you, Alex, on that. I think uh, this is a long road uh, to revive the economy. First of all, China is uh, is that latent right now, and the public sector actually is busted. So um, that takes a long time to 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 absorb that that, that market. I think, uh, and also I think uh, the government actually changing the stance and 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 telling those uh, developers to to change the models. So I think uh, that part is difficult, and and very likely I think uh, we need the public sector to participate more. But right now I think uh, the overall sentiment is too weak, and people are too skeptical to invest. So I think uh, this is a confidence issue. So they need to do a lot more to boost the confidence. But uh, the, the how, I think, uh, is a very difficult question to answer. And Michelle? Um, so so the, the reforms that proposed by Liu Shijin actually the, are the ones that such as um, how to uh, widen the access to public services uh, by the poor people, um, how to expand uh, the demand uh, to um, reduce the income inequality gap between the rich and poor. And I think these things actually the Chinese government has been talking about that for years. And um, it's actually not easy to implement, for example, given that, you know, right now a lot of local governments, they are just having these huge fiscal problems with the financial payment problems on the local government financing vehicle. So where does the money come from, for example, to fund these uh, spending on the public services? And uh, and we know that the majority of the income is from the housing market, uh, from the land sales. And land sales are not doing well over the last couple of years. So I think for this, um, China, Chinese government needs an overhaul of the fiscal reform, for example, to be able to do these uh, um, increasing the, the public spending. But, um, but I think before that, we need to see an overhaul of the fiscal system that is going to take a long time to implement. Um, so I think in, in, in short, I think uh, right now, and uh, I agree with Alex that it's pretty much a, a confidence issue. And um, we've actually seen the Chinese government doing a lot of things to try to, try to improve the private sector sentiments. But I think uh, given that the, there has been a huge hit to the confidence, uh, as we've seen uh, well, what happened with the property sector right now, the, all the private developers are just uh, under huge pressure in a big contrast to the SOEs and um and the internet, uh, crack, uh, the crackdown on the internet companies that started in 2021, um, I think that's a huge hit to confidence. And I think it's going to take some time uh, for people's confidence to come back. And uh, I think eventually this is really the, prob- um, the, the issue about uh, the whole system. So China wants both the SOEs and the private companies. But um, at the end of the day, I think, for example, for the, for the credit market, for the banks, they will always favor SOEs because of the implicit guarantees. And I think it is unlikely uh, for us to see um, the implicit guarantee to be removed anytime soon. I mean, Li Shijin did focus a lot as well on part of the structural reforms needed to be focusing on the private sector. And you were just talking about the private sector. But at the same time, while 
you know, we've heard a lot about the fact that they want the private sector to be revived. You hit the nail on the head where it's like, well, the, the private sector doesn't have confidence anymore because even if they try something, it feels that there's going to be some sort of crackdown. I mean, the latest was in the healthcare sector only a few weeks ago, um, but they've already cracked down on the um, ride-sharing side, they've technology side, um, tutoring, and a whole variety of sectors. So can the government actually properly revive the private sector and stay away from potentially adding roadblocks and allow it to flourish? Because wouldn't that be the first step in trying to get confidence back? Um, I'll start with you, Alex, on that one. Oh, I think uh, that is the huge problem because we have seen those kind of uh, roadblocks uh, uh, in the past few years. And, and, and if you grow your business and you employ a lot of people and you put a lot of investment and then someday you get the credit down, then you basically lost everything. Uh, so um, that's why I think uh, people are very skeptical to invest right now. So I think uh, they probably need to start with those uh, mega tech first because uh, they are the biggest uh, player in the market. And probably if um, they can do it by examples, then I think uh, that would help to revive. But I think uh, the... They they also they probably are a little bit concerned about their their power uh, in 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 the in um, assessing the data uh, of the public. So I think uh, that's why they are a little bit skeptical to 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 companies like Alibaba and Tencent. But I think uh, they need to boost the powers of the mega companies uh, in because they are also big investors. They have a very strong cash flows to invest. So I think uh, for China, I think uh, they probably need to boost those mega tech first. So, Michelle, I mean, Alex was just talking about the megatech, but megatechs were also probably one of the first ones that they tried to crack down on. So, again, can they backtrack and start allowing the megatechs to allow the private economy to flourish again? Or is there another strategy in which you can start seeing private private companies coming back? Um, I think it's going to take time. I think they've already uh, tried to make the environment more friendly uh, since 2022, where after after that, after the economy has become so bad. Um, but I think right now, the, um, because the, the macroeconomic situation is also not great, so the, we had we also seen that. I think the, when you talk about the private sector situation, the mega cap probably doing okay, but I think um, people probably focus more on the SOEs, which is a much larger part uh, of the economy com- compared to the mega uh, mega tech companies. So what the government does, for example, is that they try to um, establish a communication channels um, between the government, uh, the state council, and, uh, and the private sector, for example. That's going to, I think that's going to, uh, well, it's a, it's a positive positive step. Another thing that they've done is, for example, to try to uh, uh, make some legislations to make sure that uh, the, uh, the creditors need to pay back the small uh, the SMEs as soon as uh, possible instead of uh, just letting the, the money, uh, the debt to, to hang around for a bit. And, and I think that's really an issue that are uh, faced by a lot of SMEs uh, in China in the past. So probably that's going to uh, change the environment uh, to improve it a bit better with this legislation. But I think a lot of things. It's um, we, we should not expect a, 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 a quick turnaround. It's going to take time for this confidence to come back. And we're looking at. I mean, the property sector as well. I mean, we're seeing more problems with Evergrande overnight. Um, we've always obviously had Country Garden. Um, so all of that must be weighing as well, and and just keeping the economy held back and. Again, how how do we start changing, turning those things around? 
Um, start with you this time, Michelle. Um, I think it's pretty much a foregone conclusion that um, Evergrande, Country Garden, these property developers, they are, they, yeah, they, they are not going to be uh, rescued uh, by the central government. So I think for the offshore investors, I know that um, the debt restructuring process has, has been delayed again and again. But I think given that it is such a, a large property company in China, I think a lot of this, uh, the debt negotiation to some extent is going to be uh, political. And, um, and I think that's also increased the risk that uh, people would just look at uh, Evergrande as a template um, when they look at future debt restructuring for the other the default, uh, companies that have defaulted. And I think that's going to um, undermine foreign confidence uh, in, in when they invest in uh, China's assets. Um, but then I think from a macro perspective, I think um, the most important thing that I'll be watching is that whether um, Evergrande and, um, and Country Garden, uh, these companies are able to uh, complete the, the projects that they have not finished um, to the home purchases. I think that's really important because um, right now, um, well, the property sales have, well, have been, uh, have, uh, have been, uh, have tagged uh, over the last couple of months. And I think a large part of that really reflects how the, um, the home purchases, they just lose confidence in the private developers. Um, so for example, um, well, the, if you look at the, the share of the, uh, the private sector sales uh, last year, it's two-thirds of the housing sales. And now the share has just dropped to one-third. So I think, um, and there's also a question of whether the SOEs uh, could pick up supply uh, in the future. So I think um, with this uh, like uncertainty over the project completion ability of the private developers, I think that's going to like, put pressure on the home sales. And I think the government really uh, needs to address that issue. So if we see a Country Garden and Evergrande uh, failing to deliver the projects, I think that's going to mean more downside risk for the home sales in, in terms of the macro so, Alex, if China Evergrande and Country Garden fail to complete projects, um, SOEs maybe kind of step in. But then does that lead to, say, a full default and then maybe consolidation in the industry? And is that probably what is needed, may, having a few of these developers either merge or just cons- have fewer players in it? Yeah, of course. I think uh, the, the sector needs to be consolidated. And uh, very likely we would see a uh, competitive water of uh, certain companies. I think because uh, the debt is so, so high right now and the sales actually would not be coming. Um, as Michelle pointed out, the confidence issue towards the private sector developers. So I think uh, we are likely to see uh, the, those big names to fail. And, and those right now the restructuring actually is to stretch the payment and, but I think uh, this is just delaying the problem the, the real problem actually will still exist because um, the debt level is too high and the asset actually will not cover the debt so I think uh, uh, very likely we, need, we, we would see the sector to be consolidated but I think the market probably expected that already because um, they knew that uh, the cash flow is uh, really pro- a problem and then the situation actually is uh, worsening right now Okay, um, Michelle, we've only got about a minute left, so I'll start with you. What kind? Are there any bright spots in the Chinese economy that people should hold their hats on? Um, well, there are probably some after all the bad news we've seen over the last couple of months. For example, if you look at the, the August data, it shows that the manufacturing sector seems to be stabilizing. 
Um, and actually, the credit impulse uh, is picking up because the government is now stepping up the local government bond issuance. So probably towards the fourth quarter, we could see some stabilization because of the better infrastructure investment implementation. Um, and if you look at the property sales in the top tier cities, it seems to be improving uh, a little bit after um, the easing measures announced by the government uh, towards the end of August. But I think um, it's going to be a stabilization at best, given that there's going to be a lot of challenges for sales to pick up in the low tier cities. And um, as I mentioned, the developer distress issues have not uh, been resolved. And um, and I think that's really going to weigh on the bias sentiments. Okay, and Alex, we've got last 15 seconds for you. So what are the bright spots in the Chinese economy? Right now, uh, you can see strength in the uh, in movie business, businesses and also restaurants and travel. I think uh, because people are actually, young people are actually spending more on those thing, experience things. So I think uh, that probably is a changing lifestyle for them. So right now, probably those kind of entertainment and travel probably will still be okay in China. All right. Well, thank you very much uh, to both my guests. That's all the time we have for them. Um, so that was Alex Wong, director of Alex K Y Wong Asset Management, and Michelle Lam, Greater China Economist at Society General Corporate and Investment Banking. Stop.